0: This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say, that's all I got to say. What's up Atlanta? This is the Mazda South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer, not in the palatial 680 band studios. I'm in my respective apartment. Uh, Sam Franco is in his respective apartment. Uh, Josh is still having an existential crisis over this election. He's out <laughs> for the moment, uh, but we're hoping to have him later this week to talk about the season, talk about Atlanta United, talk about this final match uh, that was a must win for Atlanta United and uh, unfortunately they came up short. Josh uh, sorry Sam how's it going that's going
1: pretty good like yeah like you were saying we tried to record I think three or four different times over the past like few weeks and like yeah Josh has been uh melting down uh <laughs> so uh we'll uh we'll, we'll get back with him uh pretty soon, funny you know?
0: I, I, I kept I, I, I'm trying to think the first time I texted you guys I'm like guys Biden is winning this all the way like there's no chance oh, yeah. and oh, he's yeah. still for the next four days was just like freaking out about it
1: well, unfortunately, you know, with with a lot of, uh, you know, rampant misinformation being spread out there, I don't know exactly when all of this will be over or even if it will be over. But uh, like you were saying, it, it seems pretty clear at this point who, who the winner was. And we're not a, a political podcast, so we can kind of just stop it there and uh, <laughs> dive in from, uh, you know, the politics there to, I guess, sports politics when it comes to uh, the, the front office of Atlanta United and what's yep. going to happen next. Because, yeah, this season's over, and, and we can – I think uh, a lot of people would say, thankfully, uh, we can shift focus. Merci, <laughs>
0: merciful, mercy, mercifully, Merc- mercifully. Yeah, mercifully.
1: <laughs> <words. laughs> yes, uh, that that word, or are you trying to come up with that word, has gone about as well as the Atlanta United season as the whole, uh, just a, a complete dumpster fire on a number of different counts. And and, and just one thing that kind of left the sour taste on my mouth from the end of that game. Franco Escobar is embarrassing himself. Okay, you,
0: you think? I see. I have no
1: problem with it.
0: But go ahead. Continue. But
1: no, it's, it's just like, okay, the season has gone a certain way and, like, he's letting some, like, something that some team doctor or whatever said to him, like, get under his skin that much to where he's, like, trying to, like, fight a member of the technical staff or whatever from a team. It's like, dude, the, the look is already bad enough from the way this team has performed throughout the season and for that to be, like, the last image that, we're, that Atlanta United fans are going to have of the team on the field, you know, until – well, unfortunately, until we have to resume play in the CONCACAF Champions League, unless they can just forfeit, which, do that. If you can forfeit, <laughs> do that. But in all seriousness, getting back to Franco Escobar, who we may not even see play for Atlanta United ever again, um, just just a, a bad taste was left. Maybe not everybody agrees with me, but in my mouth. like, like It's just a bad way to end the season.
0: I don't mind it because again, in the heat of them, I mean, we've all been there. It's, it's always best to kind of keep your keep your emotions in check. But one of the things we loved about um, uh, Franco Escobar is that he is an emotional player that he plays with, with, you know, with, with his heart on his sleeve and he's going to show you when he's upset, he's going to show you when he's disappointed. He's going to show you when he's stressed out and, 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 you know, feels like things have just been rough for him. And so that's, this is one of those moments where he, just kind of let it all out. Look, it could have been worse. He could have punched someone. He could have like really made it a lot worse than, than it was. And he didn't, he had the wherewithal to, to know that, you know, he can, he can be as he can let out the frustration without, you know, getting violent, if you will. Um, and so good on him. I am fine with it because at the end of the day, I, I, I can, not that I've obviously not a professional athlete, but I can understand the, the, the emotional level you're at at the end of the season. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, a must win match. Um, You've had a frustrating, frustrating season all year long. You've had up and ups and downs, mostly downs, and you've had to struggle through a season that, in a pandemic, that has just really made things not fun. Um, and so, to end, for it to end the way that it did, and for for this team not to succeed on the level that it that it should have succeeded, I guess, or I don't know, with all the with all the issues that have gone on in the 2020 season, I, I don't, I, I'm fine with it. I it, look, we've seen other players do the same thing. And, and I, I don't know, like, I, I don't, I don't mind the passion. I don't mind him getting upset. I don't mind him, you know, kind of releasing that, that, that energy the way he did. Um, but I also don't mind it across all other sports. I, I don't, I don't mind that frustration being shown it's, it's when you get violent that it, it gets, you know, it's obviously not great. Uh, and in this case, he didn't. I mean, he obviously bowed up against. The, I don't even know. Was it the team doctor? I don't even know who. Yeah, there, the, there's. I'm, the, I'm not either.
1: exactly sure. I've heard team doctor. I've heard technical staff member. Whatever. Yeah. But whoever it ended up being, uh, I just thought that at that point, it's like, dude, just move on. And he had it, already gotten I mean, the, it, the yellow I, earlier on. It's like, dude, deal with that stuff. You know, in some other because that's the thing. You have to have a thick skin. Of course, people are going to make fun of you and. There's the old saying, "Act like you've been there before." Well, unfortunately, Atlanta United had never been in a position to not make the playoffs before, so this is yeah. a new uh, experience for Franco Escobar as a member of Atlanta United. I will give him that. But ultimately, it's like you gotta have a thick skin. You know, people are gonna obviously like say things uh, like that to get under your skin like that in that situation. It's like, well, Atlanta United's never in the playoffs, and you know if they don't win this game, they don't make the playoffs. So yeah, that whoever said that to Franco Escobar, you know, knew what you know nerve to strike. So to speak. So it wasn't like it. It was something that was just you know out of nowhere. It's like yeah, Atlanta United's going to make a playoff, so we're going to you know do that to try to get under your skin, and it worked because Franco Escobar reacted in that way, got the red card. Didn't really matter because the game was, was yeah. over and the season was over. But you know for Atlanta United, it, it, it does kind of sum up how the season has gone. That that frustration uh, that has not only been embodied by some of the players. Uh, the front office has has had that frustration, as have the fans. So I, I think ultimately, it was I didn't like it, but to be fair, a fitting end uh, to this season for Atlanta United.
0: I don't mind it. I, I don't. I don't really like when people say you know it, it's 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 you know you, it's 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 uh, it's inexcusable, but at the same time, I understand. I, I don't get that mindset either. You're okay with it, or you're not. And I'm okay with it because again, he didn't get he didn't get violent. It's not like he threw a punch. You know, he just let out some emotion, and he's an emotional player. We all know who Franco Escobar is, and I, we're all fine with it. Otherwise, we would be clamoring for him to get sold or, 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 you know, released from the team. We're all fine with it. Well, it's um, fine
1: showing emotion, but be smart is, about it. And that was not a smart way to show.
0: Again, he didn't throw a punch. He just bowed up against a guy who was making fun of him. I, in the heat of the moment, with all the with all the emotions circling uh, his brain, I'm sure, I, I probably would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have liked it. In that moment, either funny. It was his like
1: his like quote unquote apology or whatever, which you know somebody from the team was like, yeah, you got to say something about.
0: Well, it. no, or maybe or maybe he, he genuinely felt bad, and that's fine. Like you can, I mean, that that's 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 human emotion. That's the range of human uh, human emotion, um, and I'm fine with it. Like either either way, I have no problem with what he did. I have no problem with him back uh, you know, I guess apologizing for it. Um, I have no problem if 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 not you specifically, but people don't like it. I, I have no problem if people were fine with it. Um, it, it is what it is. He is the player that he is. I mean, I feel like Joseph in that moment might have done something very similar. Just I to will give you, say. Because Joseph well, is was, just just as an emotional player as, as Franco Escobar, um, and we've all seen it. And That's the own. thing.
1: We haven't seen Joseph on a losing team really. So it would have been sure. a very interesting thing to see Joseph Martinez go through this season. Because look, if Joseph Martinez is on the team, they're not as bad as they were. There's no question about that, because that was the one glaring hole they had all season. Yep. They they had some nice play out on the wings at times and some good build-up play and things like that. You saw at times but they didn't have the, the guy to, to, you know, put the, uh, put the finishing touch on it, so to speak. And so
0: look, we, um, we all look down, down on this season, and, and, and rightfully so, because it wasn't a success um, in any regard. It, it was a – I'm not going to call it a massive failure, because I think you were playing with a lot of – one, you lost Joseph, so that sucked. Um, yeah. and, the pandemic
1: and, provided a whole new challenge
0: for sure. you. Sure, and, and, and you had to supplement players that you lost – um, with players that were coming in and, and some of them were, were good fits. Others were not. Um, I think you missed more than you hit, uh, but that's going to happen. If you had told me to start this, this entire, uh, this entire club that, that you're going to have three straight years of success. And despite what you may think about Frank DeBoer last year, it was still a massive success because you almost host, you won two trophies and you almost hosted MLS cup for a second year in a row. So I don't know what failure you can see in that. Um, but if you had told me you're going to get three straight years of, of of success and then on the fourth year you're going to have a down year and you're going to have a major injury to your most important player, you take it ten times out of ten. No question. The one thing I think that Atlanta, Atlanta United fans can kind of be grateful for is, well, now we've got history. No one can say we don't have history now. That is definitely a, a thing that we have now. So <laughs> it's – you know, we – you take the good with the bad. You know, this front office is is – it hasn't been a great year for the front office. I think they've made some – bad decisions um, say what you will about Frank DeBoer but again last year was still a success and I think that when they saw it wasn't going to get better um, and and that it was definitely getting worse they cut ties with Frank DeBoer um, and and made that decision early enough so where they could start the the managerial search mid-season and kind of ride the wave and look they almost made the playoffs under an interim manager um, and without their star player so I mean it it Considering the circumstances, it wasn't the worst. I mean, it's not like they finished dead last. It's not like they they weren't. It's not like they were getting blown out game after game. It's not like they they weren't relatively competitive. I know that some of the matches, at least lately, were rather tough to watch because it didn't seem like there was a lot of fluidity. There wasn't a lot of attack. There wasn't a lot of um, uh, you know. Even Josh was saying it was boring, and Josh does no identity. Yeah, Josh doesn't really go that route in saying that this team is boring. Even even in the in the height of boring soccer that it was under Frank de Boer mm-hmm. uh, last year. Um, it, it made it tough to watch for most people, but even there, you, you look at the circumstances that it, that Atlanta United is playing under, and and you can't look. At, they they did the best they could. It was just a down year. Um, I, I think the front office going into next year has got some holes to fill in terms of the, in terms of some of the players that they picked up and and hope that they would kind of fit in for for some you know, as some replacements. Um, so they'll have to answer that. I I I like the emergence of, of George Bellow, um, John Gallagher, you know, you, you see those two in particular, Brooks Lennon, who I think most of us were, were down on at the beginning of the year. And now we've all kind of come to realize that he's as productive or I'll, I'll put this an adequate replacement for, for Julian Gressel and say what you will about the stats and the numbers and whatever, but an adequate replacement for Julian Gressel, especially consider- looking
1: at how Gressel has performed this season for DC. <laughs>
0: especially yeah, that and considering that you didn't have Joseph who was Julian Gressel's main, well, obviously only target. So you've got a lot of positives to take out of a down year. Um, and again, I, what I'll say is that, look, I'll take three years, I'll take the next three years and then I'll take another, another bad year um, four years from now. I, I will a hundred percent do that. Uh, because you're going to have down years. You're going to have, you know, years where, where things don't go your way. You're going to have injuries. Um, and you're going to have misses by the front office. This is going to happen. It. it it is what it is.
1: Yeah, and uh, Frank de Boer is definitely one of them. Shout out to him for overseeing two consecutive Netherlands scoreless games. By the way, <laughs> that's very hard to do with the level of talent you have there. And I think I saw it where that's like the first time that's ever happened uh, for the Netherlands. So yeah. again, shout out to Frank de Boer for that. But yeah, no, I mean I agree with your with your sentiment of like, yeah, it wasn't as bad at times as I think a lot of people, and including myself made it seem i I just think that as a fan you're it's very hard to disconnect from this is what my team was why aren't they that now and so i I think that's a big uh a big struggle for them and look this is the first time atlanta united has gone into a an off season where they're not uh in the playoffs or or they're they're not uh exiting the playoffs at, at any point so you look at the front office now it's like okay this is the first time this has happened how do you react You know Who's the manager? Who are the players they're going to bring in? And how do they bounce back and get this thing back on the right track? And there's a lot of uh, speculation, obviously. I think uh, Dominic Torrent uh, leaving uh, Flamengo or getting sacked by Flamengo or whatever happened is definitely going to be uh, something for Atlanta United fans to keep their eyes on because I think a lot of uh, speculation is there that that could be a guy and that could be the direction they go in. For a managerial hire, not necessarily saying he's going to be the guy, but it's definitely going to be someone that's that's you would think way more in the in the line of a Tata Martino and way less in the line of a Frank De Boer. At least you would think, just because of how poorly that went overall for Atlanta United, despite him winning, uh, you know, to some some silverware, but still didn't go the way the fans wanted. So there, there's a lot of questions, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, Darren Eels, Carlos Bocanegra, when they come out, when they talk about sort of the 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 season is over now, we're moving into the the off-season type of press conference. You know, what are they going to say in terms of how this team's going to go moving forward?
0: Well, they, uh, uh, Car- Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra spoke to the media on Monday uh, talking about the managerial search and, and basically stating that it looks like there's an, an, an announcement by the end or before the end of the 2020 season, which is which is great because – might not mean you have' them for uh for for this this game against club America, but at least you have them for the start of uh next season a game that uh, they should forfeit I, I can't i can't imagine that uh I can't imagine that you know the plan was always to i can't imagine that they were going to wait until next year obviously that's not how these things work you want someone before the season starts uh but it, it is a good sign that uh that at least there's there's something. Uh, there's something appears to be on the horizon in terms of the managerial search. So uh, whoever it is, I, I look, if you're the front office, you gotta, you gotta make sure it's a hit. Um, you gotta make sure he's got the right personality. You gotta make sure he's got the right, um, tactical mindset for this team. Look, I still, to this day, I I don't, I might've not liked Frank DeBoer in his time here, but I do think that the, the idea to play a little bit more possessive, especially without a guy like Miguel Almiron was the right call because you didn't have the Miguel Armidon that you that you that you needed to continue to run the same kind of attack that you did in 18 and 19. Um so my hope is that they don't revert back to that but they try to use the the pieces they do have now um to try to uh, kind of revitalize that the the 1819 style of play with the players they have now as opposed to being a more possessive style of 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 team. Obviously the fans didn't like that. Um even as successful as you were in uh, 2019 Uh, oh sorry, did I say 18, 19, 17, 18, as successful as you were in 19, you know, you, you want to replicate success, any kind of success um, in the same way you did in 17 and 18, but a couple of other things, uh, they obviously like the emergence of of George Bellow, John Gallagher, um, the other surprising thing that I saw from Darren was that he expects Ezekiel Barco to return in 2021, which makes sense when you think about the the injury stuff uh, that he's kind of gone through, that he still hasn't really provided a full season, that he still hasn't given you kind of like that, that Joseph Martinez type of not impact, but Joseph Martinez kind of uh, 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 games played, if you will, the, the consistency in terms of being in the lineup game in game out. He hasn't given you that because of his injuries. Uh, and plus where's and the market we, like where's we all, the market for sure, marco right we all now? we <laughs> all thought that he was gonna get sold either the, at, at the midway point of this year or you know before next year ended and it doesn't look like or by the end of this year and it doesn't look like that's gonna happen which i, I guess great for lane united but I, I think Atlanta united kind of wants to part way part ways with marco because he's just not providing what you what you thought he could um as that dp as that impact player he's not providing you with with you know with the with the impact that you need out of out of that, out of a designated player, um, and so I, I I'm convinced that that uh, you know a, a deal that was too good to be true, is the reason you, they gave they kind of sold and uh, sold pity as as early as they did, and I have a feeling that they want to do the same with Barco so they can kind of start over, in that regard that they can kind of find two new guy well a, another guy that can come in and, and be that you know, almirón level impact, that Nagmi-level impact, that is just a, a force to be reckoned with across the league for that position.
1: But, like, here's the thing um, with Barco, though, really quickly. It's like, okay, if they do get rid of him, you know, obviously he wants that cross-hemisphere move. He doesn't want to stay uh, in this hemisphere. Sure. And when I say that, I mean, you know, the Mexican League or some of the South American leagues, or I guess maybe even MLS, but I don't think any MLS team would want to pay or see him on their roster right now. But, you know, if he were to be moved by Atlanta United, don't I mean? It's tough because if you're in the Barco shoes, you're like, all right, I came to Atlanta to be moved on to Europe, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen right now. So, is there a possibility that maybe he goes to Mexico or like South America and tries to do it that way? Because if Atlanta United were to sell him, it's going to be to a team you would think in Mexico or South America at this
0: point. Uh, if it's South America, I can't imagine you're going to get the return on an investment that you, that no, you want. No, Mexico's Mexico's a different story. Um, I, I wouldn't give up on on barco that easily uh, because i again he is still young he's still uh he's still a quality player it just he it's, it's like he hasn't figured out how to put it all together to to you know to put a really really good season together um staying healthy getting the the production that you need and making the impact for for a team you're not really gonna to be able to do it um in any other league i don't think i mean I, Say what you will about MLS, but you want to be the, a guy that's, that's making a massive impact for the club you're playing with in MLS to then go over to, you know, whatever team overseas that you want to go to.
1: Yeah, and we all know that the teams he wants to go to are certainly not – uh in mexico or south america so yeah it's 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 gonna be a again a tough off season for this front office to kind of work their way around all of that and figure out what's best for the club because look as much as um you know you you want to be in the players camp and and wish the best for the player ultimately they're gonna have to do what's best for the club and if the best thing for the club is for ezekiel barco to not be on the team because they need to free up a DP spot for someone that can impact the the team better and and look be on the field. That's a big thing, you know. If you have injuries or whatever, and you're consistently being injured, what's the best avail- uh, best ability is availability. So, you know, you got to ultimately yeah, be yeah. playing. And if Barco's not going to be a guy that can can consistently play, then yeah, you might need to move on from 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 him and and look for some other players. And I think because you look at the the buildup of this roster right now, and there's a lot of more question marks going into the offseason season than are solid or solid you know players. Like yeah, who's going to be on the roster next year? joseph uh, martiez joseph martinez, uh, joseph martinez uh, marcelino moreno and right now you know you could probably flip a coin for a lot of the other names on the list
0: well i, I think that you know john gallagher is probably one name you can see next year and, and see him playing a lot obviously george bellow brooks lennon um, brooks lennon brooks lennon i think probably everyone else yeah you're right is pretty much up in the air um i think the back line is pretty solid for the most part yeah i, I mean Ramedi, Bob robinson I ain't know, going I anywhere i don't know. Is not going anywhere yeah i I'm not sure what, what Rometty's contract situation is, so I, I could be off base on this, but Rometty I don't think ha, is, is safe here. Safe in the sense that I don't know that Atlanta that United will, will keep him around. Um, you got to wonder about Lorenowitz and and whether he's going to call it a career at this point or after this year. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I, you would think that Hyman is kind of sticking around just because of the contract and, and everything oh, else, yeah. but, but yeah. at the same time, maybe they can find a way to finale themselves out of that one. Um, they've done a lot of good contract work. You've got to give this front office
1: credit for over their course of so, Atlanta yeah. United's existence. They've done good work in that regard. So
0: one of the things they did say is that they have, um, they have a lot of flexibility going in next year with, with, with the salary cap. Um, and that they're looking to, yeah, they're looking to, one of the things they said is that they wanted to balance between winning and managing and mortgaging uh, the future, um, which is a mistake that a lot of clubs make. They They try to win now. And in a year where you've lost your best player, it's not a good idea to try to win now. Um, and when you have a lot of turnover. So think about this year when losing Nagby and you losing uh, Julian Gressel, obviously they couldn't have predicted the Joseph Martinez injury, but when you lose two big pieces like that, um, you don't want to then overspend, which is why I think that it's the, the the, the players they did pick up were good. Um, you just, again, you couldn't foresee the, <laughs> the Joseph Martinez injury, which I think, obviously changes a lot about the season. Well, some of the players um, just didn't play well enough either. Like, well, sure, but if you think about some of the opportunities that Say Kubo Torres had, that John uh, that uh, that uh, Adam John had, that uh y- you know, any other players in the box had that you you know that Joseph in those positions. I'm not saying it's an automatic goal, but Joseph in that position or in those moments might have done better. Um than, Say Kubo or Adam John or or, or whoever especially on some of the crosses from, from Brooks Lennon. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this season plays out a little a little bit differently. Maybe you're in the playoffs. Maybe you're not, you know, one of the top teams in MLS, but because of the turnover. But but you're looking – again, it's not like this team was getting blown out game after game. This team was – Well, it's kind was, of hard
1: to get blown out in soccer, to be honest with you. Like, what 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 is your definition of a blowout? Like, a more than well, a two-goal loss? Well, 3, o, three like o o losses, o. 3
0: 4 o losses. I mean, they were still competitive in most of these matches. Competitive in the sense that they they still had a chance to, to – eke out points to, to some regard either with a win or a draw
1: other than the last game they didn't really look too competitive for me against Columbus
0: but, but. the point is even against Columbus it was still a 2-1 loss it's not like they got blown out 4-1 or anything like that that's true and most of that's these right. matches were like that I mean you obviously lost to Orlando City for 4-1 uh, but you look at you know DC United 2-1 loss Toronto FC a 1-0 nothing loss inter Miami we, we need to talk about
1: all. the penalty calls in the in the Columbus game by the way we kind of just completely like glanced over that because we you know, I mean point you're you like, well, look
0: your 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 the the Orlando City game was the 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 the, the, lo, the largest margin of error or largest whatever goal difference um, in a match in 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 almost like 12 games and that was a four one loss. Everything else is within a point or within a goal. Um, the only one is I think is Nashville, with, where they won four two. And I think one of them was at the very end. So it's not like these. It's not like Atlanta United was getting blown out. Even as bad as this roster was, even as kind of like mixed and matched this as this match, as this roster was, it's not like this was a terrible terrible team.
1: Does that say not- more about Atlanta United or more about MLS?
0: Well, we've seen bad teams get blown out in MLS game after game. That's true. That's very true. I mean, it, it, it's, this team isn't a bad team as constructed now. You just didn't have your main piece in Joseph Martinez. You, were, you obviously shipped out pity Martinez. Um, and Borco Can I say had, they're not a
1: good team either, though? I mean, you're saying they're not a bad team. They're also not a good team. I mean, they, they're, they're somewhere in the middle.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah, obviously <laughs> they're not a good team. They didn't make the playoffs in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a season where the MLS expanded the playoffs to 10 teams you would think that you just by being at Land united they would get in and they did that doesn't make them a that obviously doesn't make them a good team but i don't i wouldn't say that they're the, they're they're a bad team either at the moment i think they're a few pieces away and again if we're talking about Joseph martinez being the lineup in 2020 we're i think we're talking about a playoff team you just yeah, can't perceive I mean, that, I'll, kind give of you that.
1: I'll give you that especially because like yeah you've got to believe That you know, in terms of an XG perspective or whatever, or the amount of chances Joseph Martinez would have converted as opposed to Adam John, John Gallagher, whoever, uh, yeah, you've got to assume that just based on having him, that you would be good uh, for for a a good bit more, you know, goal scoring and and a few more wins.
0: What I would say is that. you know, part of the mortgaging the future conversation that that you know Darren Eels and, and Carlos Bocanegra had with the media, I gotta think that that includes finding a, a direct replacement for Joseph Martinez. You aren't going to watch him get injured and then go find someone that can produce uh, just as much as he did because that's going to cost you money and it's going to mortgage your future. And what you want to do is say 2021, 2022, you
1: can't 2023. Can't spend that much money at the same position right. in MLS, You've which is why value there.
0: Which is why you bring in a guy like Adam John. Which is why you bring in a guy like Hugo Torres. Um, which is why you start and watch the development of a John Gallagher, you know, you, 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 which is why you, this, you know, kind of had this kind of plug-and-see-what-happens type of mentality with, with a lot of the roster, especially up top, because you just were trying to find a way to kind of create something. Knowing you weren't going to get the same thing Joseph Martinez gave you, you were trying to create something that kept you competitive in matches. And I think they did just enough to be competitive, but it wasn't enough to get you wins. Which look, I mean that's in a year like like, like twenty twenty, it's gonna happen. I, I'm not trying to excuse the 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 faults of the front office, because they have plenty. Um I, I again I think they've missed more than they've hit, but they have hit and they have found players that they can use for twenty 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 one. Um and I think that they've sort of I I would hope we'll see that they've learned a lesson in how in, in who to bring in as replacements and, and who to bring in as a manager. Um and the type of players that they want to kind of go after in the DP market as well. Because I think again, that's also a big miss for them is, is Barco and pity. Say what yep. you will about Barco and pity. They were both, they're both in my opinion, big misses because they did not. are hundred
1: percent correct, man.
0: They did not produce the, the, the way they should have as DPs and Barco is still not producing or, or even consistent in the lineup um as he should be as a DP. So it's, it's just
1: tough with Joseph and Miggy out there as the DPs sure, that have been very good for Atlanta United. And Atlanta United fans and media and are set, always going to compare whoever the other DPs right. are to them in terms of level of production.
0: It set the bar incredibly high and to to meet that bar a second time is is going to be tough. But that's that's the standard that they put on themselves. I don't think they would apologize for that. I think they would they would the front office I think has been pretty clear admitting that yeah we haven't well maybe not clear, but I think you know within their heads they would admit that they haven't hit on on the dps since since miggy left um but again you had 3 years of success and one off year I, anyone would take it, you can ask orlando city they would take that <laughs> as opposed to the opposite um so it 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 you know it's tough to be grateful for the for the for the three years of success you did have but these things are going to happen with with any franchise any team anywhere you're going to have down years you're going to have years where where things don't go your way you're going to you're going to go through injuries um and it's just a matter of how this team reacts to it and i think they did fine considering obviously the results didn't come but you know there's there's not a ton you can do in the marketplace uh when it comes to you know trying to replace key players especially in the pandemic um and especially with the salary cap which that's a different conversation if you want to have it, but um, I'm fine with the side crap being the way it is.
1: Well, I mean, it, every team has to deal with it, so it's yeah, like, it's, it, a, it's, a, not, it's, a, it's a
0: different yeah, it's a different conversation. Well,
1: it's not something it's not something that you can ultimately uh, you know criticize Atlanta United for you know dealing with because every team has to deal with it. So it, yeah. or it's something that if they don't do it well, you can't be like. Well, it's the salary cap. Well, yeah, every team has to deal with that. So that's not something I think you can fall back on. And I did really – quick. I did want to go back because, yeah, up next for Atlanta United, we still – I guess the season isn't technically over because of the CONCACAF Champions League. I said earlier they should forfeit, kind of in jest. But seriously thinking about that, well, what, I mean, let me What benefit. Me, do they get from going down there? Like what me, benefit, me, they have to go into a bubble. They have to do all this crap. Like what benefit are they going to get from going and playing that game? Because they're already down three Oh. So you think they're going to overturn that deficit?
0: Well, uh, to the media on Monday, Bocanegra said that the, the club will announce uh, certain contract option decisions within the next seven to 10 days. So that's as of Monday. Um, he also added that in regards to the CCL quarterfinals, um, they may invite some USL and academy players to train with the first team. I would assume that that would mean that they get actual – that they potentially not saying that they would, but potentially could see playing time in that match. It's like in the middle of uh, a pandemic, sure. you got to go
1: into a bubble. It's like, what, what, what point of it is? It's so <laughs> stupid.
0: Well, I mean, look, I, I would like to see – it's a tough, it's a tough team to go up against, but I would no like doubt. to see some USL, USL teams and academy players. You know, again, that's how you find a John Gallagher. That's how you find a George Bello. That's how you that's find. fair. That's fair. Some follow, of these them into
1: the end the lines, then, and see who can come and out see, unscathed. Exactly.
0: See what happens. Um. See what happens. See how these players react to, to those moments. Again, it, it's it's. That's how you discover certain players. That's how you discover, you know, what players can offer you i mean again we had no idea what john gallagher had to offer until we saw him play consistent minutes with len united this year and that was out of a uh you know i don't think the plan at the beginning of the year was to rely heavily on john gallagher but that's what ended up happening um so i mean it it while while you may want them to just straight up forfeit even in jest this is a a an alternative to maybe knowing that you're probably not going to win the game especially with a 3-0 aggregate against you um but this is an opportunity to, you know, throw out some of the young guys, treat it as kind of like a glorified scrimmage, or, I mean, I think it's too soon to call it a, a, pre-season, a preseason match, especially when you're not going to have some of the holes filled from some of these uh, these options that you've got to pick up or, or decline. So, I mean, it is what it is. Call it what you want. It's a, it's a, let's call it a showcase for some of these USL players if that happens to be the case. Well, and um, if that and, and is the case,
1: like, you, like you're saying, like, yeah, you want to throw these guys into the lines then, um, you know, and see if they can actually compete and, and play well or whatever. But if they do end up going with like a USL and Academy lineup against Club America who wants to progress in this tournament and, and probably ultimately want to win it, look out. That could well, go I, let's, very let's,
0: bad. I mean, let's be clear. Up 3-0, you probably are doing the same thing, especially when there's a massive gap. Well, I don't know what the schedule looks like for Mexico, but um, –
1: well, maybe not as much play-wise, but at least they'd probably sit back and not be super like attacking crazy with
0: it. Well, they also might throw out, you know, their own uh, academy players, their own youth players, their own, you know, d- you know, projects that they're looking to see what they've got in them. Um, so it might be a good matchup against some of these USL players. I I don't know. It's it's tough to say. But I don't I don't I don't know that while Club of America I'm sure wants to advance. I'm sure that they're confident with a three zero lead. Um, that you know confident enough to where they can play some of the younger players some of the players that are they're looking to kind of get more playing time for you um, called them
1: Copa America by the way
0: I said Copa America <laughs> Club America <laughs> I'm sorry um, well
1: you got Concacaf Champions League Cup you know it, there you go. it all mixes together
0: um, let's give a shout out to our sponsor uh, Lucid FC a distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta it reflects a deeply British American heritage uh, design approach to clothing promotes freedom of fashion gender and role Brand's iconic logo, immediately recognizable. Lucid FC making uh, pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies. Right now, the big thing is obviously the masks with their uh, cool logo on it. Uh, uh, <laughs> what does the FC and Lucid FC stand for?
1: Um, Falcons. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of something to make fun of the Falcons, but I can't.
0: Sorry. Footwear oh, and clothing. A perfect match yeah, for football. You put me on the spot. Clubs. Footwear and clothing. Uh, <laughs> check them out. LucidFC.us. See why celebrities are, are loving them. Uh, again, Lucid fc.us uh i mean that does it for what i had any final thoughts for usm
1: i mean i guess in terms of like you know our our schedule here or whatever you know we'll uh we'll pop up when there's news and things to talk about how's that sound for for the uh, for the offseason maybe we can talk a little you know mls cup playoffs at some point a little further on in the action uh you know obviously we're not here to talk about other teams a whole lot but uh in terms of atlanta united we just need a we need a coach and uh, we need to see what this roster is going to look like for next year. That's really all we got going forward.
0: Well, we've always found a way to kind of uh, create content out of out of, of course, even when there's absolutely. even when there's nothing to uh, to go on. So yeah, we'll uh, be around. I'm sure we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about in this offseason, especially when it comes to uh, the rumors, and especially when it comes to players, coaches, um, and some of these other matches that are coming up uh, within MLS, and of course the CCL match. On I believe it's scheduled for the 16th of December. Um, I think the time is still to be determined, but I think they've slotted it for the December 16th. So be on the lookout for that one. And look, hopefully we find another diamond in the rough. And, um, and we're talking about a, a, a positive match, even if it is a loss, a positive match for, uh, for LA. Or who knows? Maybe they'll pull out a 4 nothing win against Club of America.
1: We can only hope.
0: <laughs> Fingers and toes crossed. All right, that is it for us. Uh, you can find me at Eric G. Quintana. Same where, the, same where they can find you.
1: At Sam J. Franco on Twitter, and uh, I guess uh, just one parting shot here as uh, the state of Georgia is about to have a lot of eyeballs on it and all that stuff. Uh, you know, everyone, uh, you know, just uh, be good to each other. How about that? Is that is that too like a uh, soft of a message?
0: No, I like it. Be good. Be okay. good. Be kind. Everybody, be good. Yeah. Let's all be friends, hold hands, yeah. kumbaya.
1: Yeah, all this election crap in, in, and like in the all realist, this nonsense. Let's all
0: let all kumbaya in the realest way. <laughs> you know
1: what I'm saying, like all this nonsense of like people like you know disowning people because of their political views or whatever. All right, this, this thing is done now. Let, let, let's stop that. Okay, yep. be nice to me. How
0: about that? All right. Uh, until next time. See you later, Lena.